0: We thought about Psalm 3, about our confidence in Christ, and I want to just continue that thought uh, this uh, this evening as we head to the communion table together. Uh, Life in this world can be very brutal. We live in a broken world uh, with conflict and pain. It is hard to really conceive of the fact that in Haiti, 200,000 people died in that earthquake incident. It is hard to imagine that number, isn't it? Snuffed out. 200,000 people and millions grieving and devastated and displaced. The untimely death of one person is tragic enough, isn't it? I met Jonathan at a church in Sydney. He had a great career, beautiful wife, lovely kids. He was an investment banker and he'd had it all worked out. In 10 years, he was going to personally make $10 million. He was a fit man, he was in his mid 30s. He was just checking out Christianity and we talked quite a lot. And during a vacation in the UK, he suddenly dropped dead of a massive heart attack. He was in his mid-30s. And I'll never forget that uh, first evening when I visited his bereaved wife. Her mother was there. Where's God in all of this, she said. And this is a brutal world, isn't it? And I don't know whether there are people here tonight and you're feeling battered by this world how do you make sense of, of, of a death of a friend like that how do you make sense of suffering uh, for most it raises all sorts of questions doesn't it why did God allow it does God care how can God be loving and allow this to happen to me and maybe you're toiling with that tonight the question becomes much more pointed when you're the one who's suffering isn't it and the question in the back of your head lurking in the middle of the night can be you know has God got it in for me how can I trust God when I'm experiencing such a tragedy? And I just want to very briefly share with you a verse that I shared with that family that night, and it's in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And you'll find that on page 1132. One, one, three, two. I'm going to read from verse 6 to 11. And just focus on, on one verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we've now been justified by his blood... How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Look back at verse 8. just want to focus our thoughts on verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This doesn't answer all of our questions, but it tells us something very profound. Why did Jesus die? Verse 8 tells us, Jesus died because God loves us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this the death of jesus christ tells us something incredible about god the god who made us the god who made this universe the god who made you and me that paul can say that god he he loves us he's demonstrated clearly in history in sending his son jesus to die for us god broke through time space and history sending his son jesus to die in our place so that we can be definitely sure of this, that God loves us. See, the place that the Christian looks for evidence that God loves them is not in their present circumstances, but by looking back in history to the cross of Christ. It's all there in the tenses in verse 8, in the word tenses. God demonstrates. Which tense is that? That's the present tense, isn't it? God is demonstrating his love for us. He keeps showing us that he loves us in our present experience by what? By an event in the past that Christ died for us. How do I know today that God loves me? Well, look back to the cross. That's what we're doing as we come to the communion table tonight. We are looking back to the cross and remembering that today God loves us. I can't stress this enough. When things go badly, if we look at our difficulties and our circumstances, the temptation might be to think, well, God hates me. He's punishing me. But this verse tells us that the way God continues to show us day by day is by the cross. I've seen four children being born. It's traumatic and wonderful. And when you hold that little baby, you know it's amazing the love it pulls to the surface. You're quite sure that there's nothing that you wouldn't be prepared to do for this child. That love is just a pale reflection of God the Father's love for his one and only son. Do you know how much God loves us? He sent his precious son, his only son, to earth to die upon a cross. Jesus willingly stretched out his hands and said, I love you. I love you this much. He allows people to put nails in his hands and feet and he puts himself in the place where he would be considered cursed by God for us see we can never really call into question that God loves us if we've understood the cross think about Romans 8 if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things Now, that is indeed comforting news to those struggling in difficult circumstances. But I think the sad thing today is that for many people walking around, if you told them God loves them, they think, well, of course. Of course he does. I'm basically lovable. You know, our popular culture tells us that we've reached a great place of understanding and maturity when we've learned to love ourselves. Uh, Back in the 1980s, Whitney Houston started singing it, the greatest love of all is to love yourself. And uh, every movie and films I see ever since say this message. People are not surprised that God should love us. Of course, we're very lovable. But that's not what we're taught in this verse and in the surrounding context. When did Jesus die for us? Verse 8 tells us, while we were still sinners. And look at these descriptions of our spiritual condition. Verse 6, powerless, without any ability to to help ourselves, save ourselves, we're powerless. Verse 6, ungodly. People who live without regard for God. People who with no awe for God, no reverence for Him. Verse 8, sinners. People who've rejected God's rule. People who rebel against His word and authority. And verse 10, God's enemies. I don't know, have you got any enemies? Are they powerful? Could they hurt you? Do they know where you live? Do they know everything about you? Well, it's a terrifying thought, isn't it? That the God who is all-powerful, who knows everything about us, is your enemy. And we act as enemies when we sin. God views us as his enemies because of our sin. God really hates sin. Sin mucks up our lives and ruins our relationship with him. And the greatest love is not loving ourselves, but that God should ever, ever love us when did God show us his love verse 8 while we were still sinners when we cared nothing for God when our actions were ugly and disgusting to him and that means that God's love is radically different to ours isn't it I mean who do you love you love people that you find lovely and attractive generally people who love you back what about someone who always hated you Someone who always spoke bad about you to others. Someone who constantly ridiculed you. Who treated you like dirt whenever possible. Would you give up your life for such a person? Look at verse 7. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Who's the for us? Well, Verse 8. Verse 8 says for us, who is that? It means sinners who needed to be saved from God's wrath. Every cruel act, every sinful action will be judged and punished. And Jesus spoke often of judgment day and made it clear it was going to be a terrible day for unrepentant sinners. See, our greatest need is that we need to be saved from God's wrath. And Christ came to die for those We needed to be safe from God's wrath. He in fact on the cross bore God's curse, God's judgment, God's punishment in our place. See as we come to bread and wine and, and, and remember a broken body and blood shed, a life poured out, we're looking at the cross reminding ourselves that the cross means instead of God treating me as the sinner that I deserve to be treated as, he treats me as if I've never sinned. That the cross means that I'm now justified before God. Jesus suffers God's judgment for us, so we don't have to. Instead of being enemies with God, I look at the cross and realize that I've now been made a friend with God. I've been reconciled to God. And today, we can be sure, not only that God loves us, but we can be sure that we'll be saved on that final day of God's judgment. Just quickly look at the logic of 9 and 10. Since we have now been justified... So now as a Christian, if we're trusting Christ, we are now declared right with God. Since we've now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will be saved through his life? God has already done the hard thing. He's declared sinners to be forgiven by the death of Jesus. He's reconciled enemies. And so if God has done the hard thing, we can be certain about the easy thing. Passing through the judgment into God's everlasting kingdom, now that we're forgiven friends. The cross has done all of that for us. Our confidence comes when we trust in this Christ. You see, it's not automatic. If we've never turned away from our love of ourselves to put Jesus at the center of our lives, then we are God's enemy. The benefits of Christ's crosswork become ours and that statement for us becomes true when we trust Christ. Outside of that trust and reliance upon Jesus, we're still under the wrath of God. Only trusting in Christ do we have confidence that whatever our circumstances, God loves us that God has done the ultimate thing to deal with this messed up world at the cross of his son and and that he has achieved it all for us in Christ, giving us a sure and certain hope for the future and there is great cause for joy. Three times in this passage of Romans 5 here, there's joy. Joy in the hope of the glory of God, joy in our sufferings and rejoicing in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That was the confidence I could share with this family. You see, Jonathan... um, had gone to do Christianity Explored. He'd finished the final session and had committed his life to Christ before traveling to the UK and collapsing. And you see, that moment of trust changes everything. It changed everything for Jonathan. It changes everything for us. As we come to this table... What great confidence we can have in this life. If we're trusting Christ, Christ has done it all. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen.